Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reborn podcast, the show designed to help you keep a pulse on the fast-changing world of brick and mortar. As the world reopens and operators race to meet the rising expectations and demands of experience-driven post-COVID consumers, it's more important than ever to stay ahead of the curve and understand the trends and technologies that will shape the future. In each episode, we'll interview successful operators, subject matter experts, and leading thought leaders who will share their insight to help you prepare yourself and your organization for what lies ahead. Here's your host, Bobby Marhamat, CEO of Radiant. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Brick and Mortar Reborn. Today, we have a very special guest with us, Ron Thurston, who is Retail in America podcast host and author. Ron, welcome to the show. Thanks, Bobby. I'm coming to you live from a campground in Angel Fire, New Mexico. So if you hear birds or anything, there's a little bit of background noise. But that's just campground life. That's awesome. That's the charm. <laughs> it is. <laughs> awesome, Ron. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself first at the beginning. Yeah, I'd love to. So I'm a longtime retail leader. I spent about the last three decades or so working in the front lines of retail. So from sales associate, store manager, district manager, regional manager, vice president of stores for brands like most recently Intermixed. Um, I ran Saint Laurent for North and South America. I ran Apple stores. I ran Tory Burch. So a number of big retail companies, um, but grew up at The Gap is really where it started back in the day. And so from there, I was able to write a book called Retail Pride, The Guide to Celebrating Your Accidental Career. It came out at the end of 2020. And today I'm on tour with that book on a tour called Retail in America, where I'm meeting really retail heroes, brands, founders, people who are really making things happen in the retail industry as I travel around the country in this Airstream trailer where I'm coming to you today. That is so awesome. That is so awesome. So tell us a little bit about the journey, the travel journey, you know, high level, who you've been meeting with and any sort of sort of fun stories. Yeah, I'd love to. I left New York City, which is kind of a, was a big jump having my career based in New York, running brands based out of New York City and to leave. Um, we actually left at the beginning of April with this plan to see and feel this from the road. So I think what's important in our industry is often we try to hear the stories without being in front of the people. And as someone that has led retail teams, my greatest joy is always the store visit and the travel and seeing the cities and being in front of teams and having that inspirational message. And I knew I couldn't find those stories just from my apartment in New York. And so to be able to now go on this road and what I've really discovered is the joy and the pride that people have working in this industry is stronger than ever. And that retail is a career that is vibrant and exciting. And I've been able to speak with both. I'll just give you a few of the most recent conversations yeah. I've had. So right now there's a, an episode that I filmed in Memphis with a brand called Buff City Soap. And Buff City Soap is primarily a franchise business, which I don't know a lot about. I've never worked in franchise, but Buff City Soap creates 100% of their inventory in each store. So each store creates only what is necessary for that particular customer, what that customer needs in that city, in that location, all plant-based. So it's all natural. They're literally making it in cake mixers at a bar in the store. And so they're growing really quickly. And to hear that kind of founder story of Buff City Soap is fascinating. Even while I was in Texas, 
two weeks ago, I met with the family, the granddaughter of James Avery and the CEO of James Avery. And you know, this is an iconic Texan brand that they have, I think, 110 locations, 104 or five of them are in Texas. So, wow. you know, if you're in Texas and you say, you know, the jewelry brand James Avery, almost 100% of people you meet will know what that is. But what's interesting about it is it's a 68-year-old, still family-owned brand started by James Avery himself. His family works in the business. 100% of that is created, like manufactured and made by hand in the hill country of Texas. So like these kinds of stories are, for me, part of the retail ecosystem that is so important today. And to hear those stories and... Um, I interviewed recently a general manager for Burberry, you know, major luxury brand. Yeah. What is her experience growing up in luxury? So all of these really interesting people and I've done book signing events and different things that just help paint the vibrancy of frontline retail work all over this country. And I wanted to actually be there and experience it myself, not just hear it on the phone. And I'm having the time of my life, to be honest. I mean, that's so awesome. That's awesome. I want to be you for sure. That's that's really awesome. (laughs) That's awesome. So you talked about writing a book and you have a bunch of experience on the retail side. But one of the things that you said, you know, was really most people end up working in retail on accident. What does that mean? And what does that mean for the kind of the industry in general? It's a fascinating idea, Bobby, because the reason I put the subtitle, The Guide to Celebrating Your Accidental Career, was really a result of me spending so many years having conversations with people that work in this industry, opening stores, promoting people in stores, leading teams. And almost always someone would sit down in front of me and I would say, you know, kind of tell me your story. I would venture to say 80% of people would sit down and say, you know, I never really planned to do this. Or retail found me, I didn't find it. Or I started as a part-time job in college and fell in love with it. Or you know, I had a great leader who inspired me to stay in this industry, or I worked for a great company. And the interesting thing about it is that because it's often so accidental, and that there's no particular college degree that's going to say you're going to be a good store manager, or a district manager, a regional manager, or even a sales associate, it only comes from your expertise and success comes from surrounding yourself with other great people and working for great brands. It's a very self-taught industry. And it's often, you're only as successful as the work you want to put into it and the companies that you work for. So you put this industry together of people who, you know, it's very open to all. This is an industry that's very welcome, that's not built on a particular education, that doesn't say you have to have done this to do well. Yeah, That is actually, for me, is even more intentional in the conversations we have about how we bring people forward in their careers. And that actually requires all of us in leadership roles to make that investment in our teams, in ourselves, to be curious, to lead with empathy and to kind of support the industry as it moves forward. And that is, I think it's kind of an unspoken idea that you have millions of people who didn't actually ever plan to do this, who are supporting and one of the largest industries in this country. And so many people's first jobs are also in retail. So you're setting the stage for what your work life will be, what your career will be. And it's really put back on on all of us as leaders and as brands to do the right thing for all these people. 
if you think differently about another industry that is very dependent on your education, that is very, the ladder to success is very laid out for you in advance. The titles you will have is laid out for you. You're probably sitting at a desk and they're not asking you to relocate all over the world. They're not asking you to do crazy things. It's a very straightforward path. Retail is none of that. And that's, for me, really exciting because you could say, I can do anything. I can work for any brand. I can have the roles I've dreamed of. I can sell what I want, but it requires hard work and really great networking skills, to be honest. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You got started in retail. We want to hear that story. How did you get initially started? I know you said started kind of in the sales side, the salesperson, but what was, what was your journey into retail? I did. So my intent was to work somehow in this industry. I went to Fitum, which is on the West Coast, and I studied fashion design and I studied retail administration. And all I knew is that I wanted to be in this industry and that at a young, young age, I didn't know where I thought maybe I was going to be a buyer, a designer, a retailer, an account manager. I didn't know what I wanted to do. All I knew is that this industry was something I wanted to work in. So I actually worked in design, fashion design for the first several years and discovered, actually, I really love the sales side of it. I love being around people. I love customers. I love the energy that comes from working in stores. I love the experiences you can create. And that doesn't happen on the design side. You just a much more like behind the scenes within your own four walls. And once I discovered, you know, it's probably 30 or so at that time, the idea of wow, as a store manager, I can have the largest impact on the customer and the business and the brand possible. Like you're really an entrepreneur. You may not be called as such, but store managers have such incredible influence and power in their own four walls. May not always be given the credit for it, which is kind of where my book came into this. So it's like you run a multi-million dollar business. Yeah. You have great influence in what the brand experience is for your company. And from there, it, once I discovered that I really loved it and I was good at running a store, then I just wanted more. Like, well, can I run more stores? Can I expand into recruiting or visual merchandising or in what are the brands I want to work for? And I was really lucky to have great leadership early on that then went on to, you know, I went to West Elm because and helped start that because many people from Gap were at West Elm. I was at Apple because there were a lot of people from Gap also at Apple. And this kind of infrastructure of networking that you build in your career can actually carry you forward for decades. And it certainly did with me. And um, I highly encourage people to spend a lot of time building that network build relationships, find those opportunities, find those brands that are doing great work because that's how you grow your career in this industry. It's how I started and it's it's how I sit here today many years later. Absolutely, absolutely. One of the things we're on that you know, we hear a lot is of course going, especially going through the pandemic, a lot of brands start to see their employees not as engaged and you know that level of like togetherness, if you will, from a brand aspect was lost. And, you know, other companies are having issues you know, hiring, right? Uh, hiring is still a problem in a lot of cases. One of the things that, again, you talk about and that I'd love to your insight on is how do, how do these retail companies inspire their employees to have pride in the work, stay in the industry, build employee loyalty with them to be able to want to really, you know, be engaged with the brands? It's been really interesting idea 
Bobby, about what has happened the last couple of years, because you're right. The frontline retail was there during before the pandemic and during the pandemic, and they're still there today. And that this power that they have um, and the importance of their role may not have always been recognized. Yep. And so here you have millions of people who are still had to go to the store every day when everyone in the office was at home. And then you know now some people are back in the office, but the store has always been there. And that those teams have still had to go back to the store. And so to answer your question around loyalty, those leaders and those companies that have put the effort to go back out into stores and to really hear and feel what's going on and to support their work and to support the things that they need are the brands that are winning and that don't have as much of a hiring opportunity because the field feels that much more connected to what's happening in corporate. And the minute that this is what happens, and I know it from personal experience, the minute the field doesn't understand what's happening in even at the lower level, at the district level, company level, if there's kind of this loss of understanding, of trust, of transparency, pretty soon it's like, well, why am I doing all this work? I don't even know what's happening. And I'm customer facing, yet I don't know what's going on. And so I highly encourage brands to spend as much time as you can in stores, listen to what's going on, address their challenges, be open to hearing it and create change that is in the best interest of the field. Because more than likely, it's the largest population of your workforce. If you have any sense of a fleet of stores, your largest workforce is in the field. And when the field feels supported, those leaders in the field have no problem recruiting for their brand. There's this pride that comes with, we literally are all in this together. And it does require a lot of support but transparency and being heard and being seen are really sounds very natural. Then you could read any leadership book and, and see that's true. But when it requires travel and being out there in front of them and to hear the good, bad, and the ugly, that's where leadership really stands up and where brands can really change the culture and pride of, of their workforce. Absolutely. I'd say I think communication and the you know, levels of communication and that transparency to your point and learning from the front line, I think is key to your point. And then the other is, you know, recognition. I think recognition, and again, uh, you said it best. I think we started to recognize how much of an influence, how important these frontline workers were, especially during the pandemic. And, you know, that recognition, I think goes a long way from the brands that actually take that seriously and start to really build different initiatives around making sure they recognize and, you know, appreciate and, and celebrate really uh, yeah. the frontline workers. Yeah, I would just add a couple data points here. There was some insight that was just released from a company called Ubik, who is also one of the title sponsors of my Retail in America tour. And they did a survey of 1,400 frontline workers in the US and Europe. And over 60% of them said they love working in retail and have the intent of staying in it for at least the next four more years. I think it was 67%. Yet a large percentage of them are not getting the training or the tools or the insight that they need to do their job well. So there's this really weird thing happening and the data just supports it. Like, I really want to do well. I really love working in retail. I want to be here, but I need the companies to do better. I need them to give even the basics of ongoing training and development, career advancement, technology, all of it 
supports this idea of like, they want to do well, just help them do that. Yeah. And that's a disconnect that really shows loud and clear right now that is part of the high turnover rates. Because then if they said, I really want to be here, but if you're not going to do this, I'm going to find someone that will. Because it's they're not changing the industries, they're changing brands and they're totally. changing leaders. And that is something we need to be very open and honest about as given just the general size of this industry, we have still a lot of work to do to make it always a great industry to work in. Absolutely. Absolutely. As you're thinking about folks being successful in retail, is there advice that you can give, you know, people starting out in retail and those that want to grow in retail of how to be the most successful? You know, I I mentioned it earlier. Number one is building your network because the great thing is we have LinkedIn today and we yeah. didn't have that years ago. So LinkedIn is this rich resource of people that you can connect with, reach out to. You hear people like the two of us on a podcast reach out and say, wow, I really appreciate what you said. And so you're building this yeah. connection. It doesn't require a meeting. doesn't require anything other than curiosity. And so I write in the book, which seems to translate really well to so many people is the three pillars of success in retail as not only just a leader, but in sales stock, one is thinking about empathy always, because this is an an industry that is built on emotions and people, you know, this is a people centric business. Of course, you need great product. There's no question about that. And you need, you need great locations and you need all of it, but without people, this is an industry that can't sustain itself. So yeah. leading with empathy is always number one. Number two, just continue to be really curious about what's happening in the industry. And so I say it to people often is even if there's technology that is evolving in the industry or new ideas or new store design concepts, you may not have the ability to use that in your company, but you should know what's going on. Be as smart as possible about what's happening in the industry because that will serve you well in your next opportunity. And you may find a brand through that curious research of like, wow, they're doing great things. I really want to work there. And so then you say, well, then who works there now? Who do I need to know that works there? And there used to be this fear of like your boss watching you, who you connected with on LinkedIn or who you were messaging. I think we're at that. We need to grow up a little bit from that and say, I want my team to be highly connected and highly resourced and very curious. And I'm going to give you everything you need to know about this industry because that's what creates pride. And they're smart about it. And then the third pillar that I speak about it in success is focus. Is This is an industry that requires an ability to manage multiple streams of work of all kinds of right brain, left brain. You know, one day you are managing a really complex HR situation, then you're doing stock, then you're handling loss prevention, then you're figuring out how, you know, you're on the phone with IT trying to figure out why your Wi-Fi (laughs) doesn't work. Like there's no shortage of skills that's required to be successful in retail. But the ability to manage all of those things is where your focus comes in. And those, you can't just be good at ops and you can't just be good at sales. You can't just be good at motivating people or just good at product and merchandising. You have to be good at all of it. And that is, again, when you put that into perspective and you say to someone that may be looking down on you because you work in the mall, my counter to that is you run a multi-million dollar business. 
that requires you to have extraordinary skills, an exceptional wide range of different resources to pull from. And you have great power in running this multi-million dollar business. You hire people, you're responsible for all kinds of different things. And don't ever let that idea, don't let someone diminish your thought because you're working on Friday night at the mall. Because I did it for a long time. I love to close on Friday and open on Saturday. It's my favorite shift. It's like, I'm ready. I'm ready to open the door on Saturday and have the biggest day. That was my life. And don't ever let someone tell you that that's not good enough or you should be off on Friday and Saturday, you know, like maybe some of your friends. I'm like, that's great, but I love what I do. And I love that energy that comes from being in a store. Totally. That's what's important. 100%. So as you think about the future of retail, Ron, what do you think we're going to see from a technology aspect, from a what's going to happen in the industry, from a people aspect? Like what are your, your high level, if you had a crystal ball? What does the future look like? (laughs) In many ways, Bobby, I think that the future looks very much like the past, is that we have to be even better about thinking about and supporting the frontline retail workforce. And that they were in the past, you know, a retail career or the investment that brands made in people or the importance that we placed on, on working in stores. That is, I think, greater potentially in the past than it has been today. And I think that the future requires us to put that energy back into the field and in conjunction with great technology. So there is some of that future, I think, is great mobile POS solutions that make checkout today can't be a conversation. You've like either it's stuff checkout or mobile checkout. It has to be easy, effortless. You have to have great CRM data. You have to have great ways to follow up and communicate. You need resources and tools that are effortless. So that I think that's one. I think there's great technology coming around kind of workforce management, hiring on on demand, thinking about how to connect with people in new ways. So there's this kind of great experience that we want to create is supported by technology that makes it easier in stores. Um, Because part of that, frustration is often lack of resources is usually lack of technology. And then, you know, how do we think about the future being smaller and more nimble and faster? And maybe it's more temp stores, maybe it's smaller formats, maybe it is using data like Nike's doing to build these kind of very centric to that zip code, because they have all the insight into what's happening within that zip code, in that city, here are things that we know that customer loves. Let's fill a store with the things we know that they already like. And you don't have to be there for 10 years. You know, run a, run a six month, a year pop-up and test and learn and try new things and bring in new product that this kind of nimble, ease, fast, technology-enabled, people-centric business for me is the future. That is great retail. And there's nothing that says the customer is not going to keep coming back. But the customer expectation and the customer impression of your brand happens in the store. And I I do say this often is you can spend millions of dollars. I work for Saint Laurent, one of the most important luxury houses in the world. We spent millions and millions of dollars building every store. And spent a lot of money on real estate. Like the infrastructure to create a luxury brand is a big investment, let's just say. But the one thing that the customer will 
remember other than the beautiful store is who they engaged with and that human reaction yeah. that someone that story tells. So if I could be in a store and I had just come back from Paris and I could story tell about the handbag and the particular leather and where it was made and the craftsmanship and the story of Yves Saint Laurent and that the color and the pattern, you can articulate that to a customer. They will remember that for a long time. Yeah. And versus buying it on a website and then trying to figure out when you're going to receive it or if you even can. So all of that is very human and very connected. And that's not going to change. And I love that investment in people is what will create great retail of the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love your passion for the industry. I'm equally as passionate. I love it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Awesome, Ron. Well, that was a wealth yeah. of information. I, I want to thank you for, for spending some time with us and our listeners. And uh, again, thank you so much for, for sharing all your knowledge. Thank you. Yeah. Follow me on the Retail America Tour. It's a year long. We're kind of half, not even quite halfway through. You can get me on Retail Pride on Instagram, retailpride.com. There's cities, podcast episodes, playlists, future cities. Everything you need to know is on retailpride.com or on Retail Pride at Instagram. So follow along. Love it. Reach out. If you're in a future city, I'd love to meet you. Um, along the way, you can come and say hi in the Airstream. <laughs> love it. Awesome, Ron. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks, Have Bobby. A good one. Thank you. Thank you.